uh, we're, in a, we're in a series, friends, uh, on calling. Calling. It's based on a key scripture from Second Peter. Um, and if you'd like to follow, uh, follow along with me in your Bible or your Bible app, you're welcome to do that. We're going to be in Second Peter chapter 1 in just a moment. Uh, we had a few donations to the kingdom of God last week from people who checked their Instagram during the reading of the word. So, but um, you're welcome to follow along with me. And we're going to read from this incredible passage of scripture from Simon Peter, uh, a guy who had a pretty, cool, a, a, a pretty radical calling from God. So radical, in fact, that it caused his name to be changed. A little late in the story, we hear Jesus says to him, you know, Simon, but I tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. Literally, it's in the book of Acts. Uh, this is the same guy who goes and preaches the message that started the church. Uh, incredible, incredible story. Uh, how many of us are grateful for a calling that doesn't always result in a name change? Yeah, so it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that. Who would like a, who would like a calling that results in a name change? Um, but that's what we spoke about last week. We don't have to compare, right? It's about owning our own calling. Uh, some of the disciples were, Jesus just said to them, hey, follow me. So it doesn't have to be dramatic to have a call from God. But here's Second Peter chapter 1. This is our key, our key verse uh, for the series. And if you want to follow along with me in whichever translation you have, that would be great. Otherwise, this is from the CSB uh, translation. It says this, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, by his glory and goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with a few things, with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such a powerful passage. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling. Would you mind doing a cheesy thing for me and just saying, confirm your calling? Confirm your calling. There we go. And election. Because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom, to heaven, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. Man, that is a really big passage of scripture. It's really powerful. There's so much in there, but a couple of things as a as a as a quick intro and a quick recap before we get started on week two of the series. If God is asking us in this passage to confirm our calling, it must mean that we, that all of us have one, right? That's what we said last week. Why would God ask us to confirm something that we don't have? He says, "Make every effort to confirm your calling," which is great news. It's not, you know, our calling from God is not something that we are chasing after in wild, reckless pursuit. You know, like a balloon in the wind, hoping that one day we'll eventually catch. It's something way more tangible than that. God has revealed it to us plainly in his word. And we said last week, it's something that God initiates. He created it. He did the initiating. We do the responding. And that's how our careers and callings are connected, by the way, which we're going to get to in just a moment. Secondly, we said, in, we just read in that verse that our calling came by God's glory and goodness, not by our own efforts. Man, that's so powerful. 
our calling from God had nothing to do with our impressing him. <laughs> it was by his own glory and goodness that he called us. God, God initiates and he asks us lovingly to respond to that invitation, not based on our qualifications, but based on his qualities. It says by his glory and goodness, those are his qualities. You know, I like to think of it this way. And actually, I, I made this statement to myself this week in, in, in preparation for, for today's sermon, because as I said, I'm kind of going through these questions myself, and that's someone even in ministry, right? If God could choose someone who was a fearful murderer in one season to become the supernaturally gifted leader who would deliver an entire nation out of slavery into a promised land in another season, then it must be about how good God is and not about how good we are. <laughs> That's Moses, by the way. Go read Exodus. Amazing, amazing story. Exodus uh, chapter 2, he kills someone, runs away. God chooses him to bring the entire nation of Israel out of slavery. The, our callings must be about how good God is, not about how good we are. In fact, check it 1 Corinthians, 20, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 26. This is a really cool verse that the Apostle Paul is, is writing to the church. He says, brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Think about it. Not many were wise from a human perspective. <laughs> not many powerful. Not many of noble faith. They were fishermen, the disciples, right? Like me. Out of my old fisherman. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. How cool is that? It's not about how good or how bad your CV looks, it's about how good he is. You're not excluded from having a call from God because you think you weren't impressive enough. Amen. And if you want to catch up on the message, by the way, last week it is available on Spotify and SoundCloud, Father's House JB, just have a search there. And if you listen to it, turn the bass up so I sound more manly. Um, <laughs> I sound like Moses now. Lord, I'm not of good speech. But because God does the calling, and if everyone is called, what does that calling look like? What is the nature of our calling? And we said three things last week. Who's got their memory caps on? Who can remember? We said the first thing is we are called in. Yes. Going, going, gone. First, called in. Yes, we're called. That's the primary call. We're called into the family of God. That's our, that's our primary call. We're called into salvation through Jesus. Secondly, we're called up. Yes. It's a heavenly calling that we receive. Philippians chapter 3. That was the verse. We're called, uh, or should I say before we are called um, as a title, we are called as a co-heir of a king. That was the concept around that one. And then finally, we're called out. Yeah, we're called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. We're not called to keep the lights off. We're called to turn them on, right? Wherever we go, there's a difference in the way that we live our lives as believers. So we all have this unique call from God. There's a unique purpose, a unique plan that God has for us in his kingdom. And this is why we said it's, it's important. Remember, when you discover your calling from God, it's one of the things that will produce the greatest sense of fulfillment and security in your life. Because the tests and trials of life will come, whether we're saved or not. All of us are going to go through some kind of a trial or a test. And, and having the certainty in your heart that you're in the right place, that you're in the will of God for your life, is one of the things that will get you through those seasons. It'll help you persevere, even when it seems difficult. It'll be the thing that carries you through with conviction. 
it'll help keep your motivation up. It's almost impossible to stay motivated without this sense of knowing, hey, I'm, I am where the Lord wants me to be. And having peace with that and owning that, 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 that calling. Can you say amen to that, church? We need to feel the sense of joy and peace that what we are doing comes from God. And so for this morning, with that being said, I want to touch on uh, something that we, that we uh, sort of intro- introduced last week where we said that, that our calling informs our career. Who we are informs what we do and how that order is important. And so the question that I want to ask this morning Perhaps it's a question that you've asked of yourself or of a pastor, of a church or a church member at some stage. It's a big question regarding our calling. How will I know what the winning lottery numbers will be this weekend? No. I have been asked that question. That was cheeky. I'm sorry. I want to ask the honest question. How do you know if you have made the right choice regarding your career? How do you know? It's a question that I get asked so often. How do you know if you are in the right occupation a.k.a. God's will for your life, and what do you do if your current job sucks? What do you do if your current job sucks? Is that too honest? Is that just a very truthful thing to say? I mean, I think this is a question that I'm, I'm sure most people have, have, have sat with at some point in their lives. How do I know that this thing that, I'm, that I've chosen or this, this degree that I'm studying towards is in line with God's will for my life? And what if I run into some kind of difficulty or opposition along the way, hardship. What am I supposed to do then? Well, I want to I want to have a little pastoral stab at that answer and, and share a few ideas with you around the idea of how our callings and careers are connected. This is not going to be one of those aptitude test seminars, right? Where we're going to hand out a piece of paper and then at the end we're all going to just get a WhatsApp from an angel and it's going to you know they're going to say you're going to do this job and this is your salary. That's not the that's not the idea. I'd rather I'm rather going to give us some guidelines in terms of how to find peace in your decision-making. Because I think that's where a large part of the difficulty comes in, isn't it? It's how do we find peace, have clarity in making that decision? How do I know that it's in, it's in that, that zone, that decision-making zone where our greatest battle seems to be? And so I want to share from Scripture on how operating from a place of rest and peace with regards to making decisions is entirely possible. It's possible. It really is possible from Scripture. We'll see in just a moment how making decisions from a place of peace, not fear or striving or any of those things, is possible through God's Word. And it starts with a few basic understandings of the connection between our calling and our careers. So should we have a look at some Scripture on this topic? Is this sounding okay? Are you with me, church? Do we want to do one of those like shake it off things and aerobics things? Are we, are we all here? Are we here? Okay, let's go. Colossians 3. First verse, Colossians 3. It's a good one. It's a powerful one. This is what it says. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. So what's he doing? He's telling you who you are, right? He's telling you who you are. You're God's chosen one. He, he has called you. You're holy, dearly loved. Peace, rest. I'm not asking or striving for God's love and affection. It's given to me. I'm in Christ. I've received it, right? Because this is who you are. Do this. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. 
above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Imagine a family where this was the where this was the mission statement. It would look pretty cool, right? Imagine a company where this was the mission statement. It would look pretty cool, right? Let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. This is why we worship in church. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And here's the punchline. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Could you just repeat the word whatever for me? What do you think the word whatever means? It means whatever. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The first point I wanted to share with you this morning, and we could, I guess, summarize it in this way, by saying that a career is what you do, a calling is who you become. A career is what you do, a calling is who you become. Here's the thing. Scripture does not talk a lot about career options in the sense of jobs when it speaks about our calling. There's no verses that specifically say when you are called by God, you're called to, you know, be a this or a that. We read a lot about the occupations that people had. Sure, we know that the disciples were fishermen, the guys were craftsmen and all kinds of things, but there isn't really any direct references to do this thing when you are called. I guess that's why that verse uses the word whatever. <laughs> because it means whatever. God is infinitely more concerned about who you are becoming than what it is you're doing. The implication of that verse is if you can do something in the name of the Lord Jesus, number one, if it's not in your name, and number two, if you can give God thanks for doing it, in other words, be a thankful and joyful person, you're good to go. Whatever you do. You see, that's because your calling is not so much about widespread recognition in the public, although it might take you there, as it is more about character development in the private. I'll say that again. Your calling is not so much about getting widespread recognition in the public, although it might take you there, as it is about character development in the private. You're holy, you're loved. Do these character things, and then whatever you do. Do you see the order there? And this is where I think a lot of people get tripped up in making a career choice. They'll often go what seems for what seems to be the most recognizable role. You know, something that will produce fame or acclaim along the way. And I guess the problem with that is, number one, it's a, it's a selfishly driven ambition, right? If, at the root of that, if we're honest. It's about my name, not his name. Number two, it's probably not the best suited to your gift mix, set of abilities. And number three, your character hasn't had the time to develop as quickly as the position that you're receiving. So you end up feeling like you're constantly moving uphill in this career and like you're not finding the measure of fulfillment that you thought you would by taking this position. It started out with a choice from the incorrect place. Sorry, church, is this, is this a bit too practical? Is it a bit too... I feel like every now and then these kind of conversations might really help someone along the way when it comes to, you know, to making these choices and this decision-making thing. And by the way, if a career is what we do and a calling is who we become, then every single one of us need to grow in our calling whether or not we are working. Amen? 
You might be in a season right now where you felt the call of God to go to business and you've been running a business or businesses for a while already and you've got that sense of fulfillment or maybe you're, you're in a career where you know this is God's will for your life in this season. You've got that sense of, of fulfillment or maybe you've already done the hard yards of work and you're in retirement. You're, you're in the golden years of, of, of having worked. Your calling in this season might be to invest in someone else who's still got that journey to go. That might be your calling in the season. You might, you might have to say to someone, let me save you some years on the learning experiences, the life lessons that I've learned by going through what I did. Maybe that's your calling, investing into someone else in this mentorship kind of way. That could be you living out your calling in this season. Whatever it looks like for you, friends, it's super important to remember that God is way more concerned about who you are becoming than what it is you're doing. This this obviously does not mean that we sit back and don't find something, right, that connects with our unique design and gifting. And just, you know, we just sit back and say, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm working on my character. You know, I'm working on myself right now. You know, it's okay, but just, you know, that can't be an indefinite period of time. Amen? I met someone who was saying that they were working on themselves, and then that was in 2007. And then I spoke to them last week, and they're still, they're still, still working on themselves. Um. You know, timelines, timelines, important. We know, right, throughout Scripture, God, is, God has called people to do, to do incredibly significant things. We're not just sitting back. It's, it's because we are called that we feel the need to accomplish something with what we have, right? Proverbs 16.8 says, Better to have a little with righteousness than to have abundant income without justice. So powerful. The wisest guy that ever lived, second to Jesus, Solomon, he said that. And he had wealth, by the way. He had a lot of wealth. The implication, obviously, is that we're doing something, right? You get, you get the point of, what, of what's being said, but the heart behind it is so, so, so important. That's why Colossians 3, that same passage carries on to say, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Man, that's good. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. Man, that's good. I know too many people that have forsaken the person they are meant to be because of the title they thought they had to have. And they received this abundant income, but they paid the price for it. And the idea is that we realize we are becoming like Christ and therefore we are free to discover what to do with that that helps us reflect that Christ-likeness best. You could say it this way, friends. A career is something you decide. A calling is something you discover. And you discover that as you develop the Christ-like character in you. Amen? Secondly, I'm mindful of the time. I hope I can get through this. Oh, I prayed all week for this. For the, can I do a Pastor George thing? Uh, don't worry about the time. There's still another 25 minutes left. And then all the production staff and the kids church staff like panic because they think this guy's going to go over time. But I'll, I promise you I'll wrap up before the kickoff tonight. Um, <laughs> secondly, a career is something that can change. A calling is something that remains. Perhaps one of the reasons why people feel so stressed out about this topic of a career choice is that there's this implication out there that says, if I change jobs, I'll fall out of God's divine plan for my life. Anyone ever related to that kind of a thinking? What if I missed it? You know, what if I missed it? It's the same kind of thinking that goes, if I'm called by God, chosen by him, what if I studied the wrong thing? What if I married the wrong person? You know, don't amen at that point in the sermon. I'm just, I'll just keep looking down. 
But there's this, there's this thinking that creeps into Christianity that goes, what if I've missed my calling and now it's too late to get it back again? I've run out of time. This thing has been wasted. I sat with this exact tension twice in my financial planning career before coming over to ministry. Where I thought, you know, if I change jobs, God would think I failed. And now, you know, this trajectory that my life was going and now all the other people are affected along the way, you know, that kind of cosmic, I don't know, spiritualist way of thinking. Um, I'm not going to have the experiences or the connections or the opportunities that I have. And, you know, the truth is I was just, you know, too loyal to a bad thing for too long. Where instead, I shouldn't have been burdened by the fear of doing the wrong thing. I should have been joyful about the possibility of becoming the right person. That, that, was the, that was the thing. You see, a career is about ambition. Calling is about mission. Career is about ambition. Calling is about mission. Your ambition will change. But God never changes. He's the one who called you, Remember? How do I say your, your ambition changes? Well, your, ambition, your ambitions change as you change, as your dreams, your desires grow and develop and expand over time. We're not the same people that we were 10 years ago, right? If you ask a 14-year-old what do they want to be, or a 7-year-old what they want to be when they grow up, so I want to be a fireman, you know, or a policeman or something. But you ask an 18-year-old, it's going to be something different. Our dreams, our ambitions, our desires change. And career choices should be made by taking a few of those basic considerations into account, you know? Like, does this career choice that I'm making enable me to cover my financial responsibilities? That should be a good ambition, right? Am I going to get paid for what I'm about to do? Fair, fair ambition, yeah? What are the practical requirements of doing this job? How does that fit in with the stage of life that I am in right now? How does that, that complement me, or doesn't it? What about the economic climate that I'm in right now? You know, I sometimes think in Christianity, we've almost been told to, you know, leave our thinking caps at the door, just check our brains out when we, when we, when we come to church, and just say, oh, no, the Lord will provide, and it's all about faith. And yes, it is all about faith, and he will provide, but he's calling you to wisdom. <laughs> Christianity requires all of your thinking. You don't just, like, ignore and neglect the one and write it off all as an excuse that you're just going to, you know, wave a magic wand and something's going to happen. No, God's calling us to, to use wisdom and sound mind. And, get, and those questions will change to, the, you know, our answers to those questions will change over time as we change. It's perfectly normal to go through those transition moments in life that result in changes to your career. It's okay if you haven't exactly worked in the field in which you studied. In fact, if we do a quick survey, who right now is working in the exact field that they studied in varsity. Sort of seems like the underwhelming majority of people, right? So it's okay, friends, it's okay. It's okay for your, for your career to change, but your calling, that never changes. You are always called to Christ's likeness, irrespective of what's happening in the economy around you. You are called to conduct your business in a Christ-like way, irrespective of the potential profit that's due to you if you did it otherwise. You are always called to make a difference to the body of Christ and in the world around by using spiritual gifts and passions that God has given you. You are always called to community, irrespective of the season of life that you are in. We are not called to be islands. Lloyd, you are called to live with integrity and treat people with kindness. doesn't matter who, you de who you're dealing with whether it's a church member, someone in the outreach, or your wife. 
You see, you see what I'm saying? If this church grew to 5,000 people, we had outreach ministries across the whole world, revival after every service, spiritual gifts, but I sucked at being a husband and a father to Benjamin, I wouldn't be fulfilling my calling. Do you get what I'm saying? The career maybe, but the calling, no. My success in doing something in my career would not cancel out my failure in being who God wants me to be in my calling. Does that make sense? Second Thessalonians, that's an amen. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord. That's who you are. Because from the beginning, God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. That affects our day-to-day living, right? It affects how we do things. And I've often wondered, you know, if that is what we're living for, if our career, if our, if our calling rather never changes, if it is for something eternal, why do people find it so easy to invest in their careers that often change and are temporary yet struggle to invest in their calling that remains constant and that is eternal? Is that a harsh thing to say? We're called first by God. We're called first to God. So we should put a lot of time into cultivating that call, right? It's like we get those ratios wrong. We invest everything into the career, which is a good idea, but, but please don't neglect the eternal and constant calling that you have. And how do you do that? How do you invest in your calling? That verse in Second Peter gave us the answer. You add to your faith. Add some goodness. Add some knowledge, some self-control. If you do these things, you will never stumble. That's what the scripture says. And once we have sort of in that journey of cultivating our call, can I, can I give you four quick things that help us confirm what it is? Can I just give you four quick things? This is from this um, uh, online university that I've been doing recently, which I found so helpful. It's called Theos U. Um, it really is adding so much um, to, my, to my journey. But you confirm your calling, number one, by receiving input from God himself. Just God. God gives you revelation through his word. That's one of the ways that confirms what you should be doing, right? Secondly, we confirm our calling from external factors. Where do we see a need in society right now? What are the needs? What are you drawn to naturally? Third, by people that are close to us. Friends that confirm, hey man, I've seen this fruit in your life. You're really good with this. I've seen when you do that, something happens, something changes. There's power in when you, you, know, when you step out in that way. And then lastly, by things like your own internal uh, qualities, gifts, abilities, skills, desires, passions. And where you see those things overlap, that blend of those things, that's a potential indicator of a key theme or a life purpose that God has for you. Here's the thing, whatever it is, friends, a career speaks to having some kind of education to execute, right? A calling speaks to having a revelation to fulfill. You need education for your calling. We should, we should, we should have education for a calling. Can I get an amen? If I'm going to a doctor for surgery, I want to know he's got some education behind his name. He's not going to take out a pair of scissors, right? Amen. But also, we need a revelation to fulfill in our calling. It's really, really important. Then lastly, final thing I want to say on this idea is, are you guys still with me? We're okay. A calling should result in success. Sorry, a career should result in success. A calling should result in sacrifice.
Our career should produce a success of some kind, right? It should. Does God want us to find joy and success in fulfillment in what we do? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think God requires that we hold back, you know, with this false sense of humility and go, oh, you know, it's cool. I, I'm just going to, you know, play it safe. I just want to be comfortable and, you know, I'll just, I'll just get by. No, I think that because we are saved, we should strive to work at our absolute best and aim at our absolute highest to be as successful as possible. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say. But we're not working for man, remember? I'm not doing this in my name. I'm doing it for him. That's the difference. And so that should fuel our faith and fire up our engines to take the opportunities that we've got and work at them with all of our might. In fact, Proverbs, again, Solomon says, there is profit in all hard work. But endless talk leads only to poverty. <laughs> Don't be in that working on my character thing for too long. Leads to poverty. But you're honoring God when you're working hard in whatever you're doing, and that should bring you some measure of success. But here's the thing, friends, and I wish someone told me this earlier. It's maybe one of the tougher aspects of a calling that, that I really wish I'd, I'd known. In responding to a call from God to follow him, somewhere along the line, there will be a sacrifice of some kind that you will have to make. That just... That just is what it is. All God, all genuine God callings produce some level of personal sacrifice. They do. And I think they should. I think they should. Jesus is worth sacrificing something to follow. You know, it's like anything that's free in love. You, know, you go to a I don't know, you take your kids to a play park or you go to a market for free and, you know, you just kind of walk in. You don't really care much about what's happening because you didn't pay for it, right? It's, just, it's free. You just go there and enjoy it and leave. But when there's a 10 rand or 20 rand entrance fee to get in, now all of a sudden, you know, what happens? You're actually noticing things that are left lying around on the floor. You're noticing the state of, hey, that slide isn't safe. It's, you know, there's a few loose pieces of metal lying around there. You, 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 you you tend to want to invest more because you've paid for it, right? Your, your sense of ownership rises because there was a cost involved. Well, in biblical terms, value is determined by sacrifice. You can tell how much you value something by how much you're willing to sacrifice for it. And so when Jesus says this in Matthew 16, then he said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. By the way, take up his cross, sorry guys, is not like an actual thing. I mean, it's, it's that complete surrender, self-surrender, self-sacrifice, giving over. And follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. He means there's some kind of self-sacrifice required to live out our calling in following after God. And the truth is, friends, some people are just not willing to pay their entrance fee. That's why, that's why we seem to be missing out on the full experience of faith, the supernatural side of Christianity, because we've forgotten there's a sacrifice to make in fulfilling our calling. But 
as we've read in those verses, the eternal reward is so worth it. The eternal reward to that sacrifice is so worth it. So when it comes to our career and our calling, I guess you could put it this way, success is secondary to calling. Success is secondary to calling. Should I go here? Holy Spirit, help me. You might even find yourself in a job, in a season that you don't necessarily want to be in, (laughs) but because God wants you to become something you're not yet, that's why you're there. He'll still give you an opportunity to work with joy and find joy in what you're doing. He'll, he'll, He'll give you, he'll make that way, but he wants to work out of you some of that selfishness that's there, some of that pride that's there. He wants to shape in some gratitude, some determination, some perseverance. He wants to mold some kind of self-control and gentleness. All those character qualities that are needed to fulfill an eternal calling to him. I've been there. I've been in a job where for six months, every day, I just cried. I worked Monday to Friday, eight to five, never got paid a cent. It was a sales environment, right? So if you didn't hit your target, you didn't get paid. So for six months, I just was an absolute state, Lord, what on earth are you doing? Please get me out of this. Took six months. And then eventually that lifeline comes, and guess what I step into the new job with? Gratitude. (laughs) I don't care what I'm doing, Lord. Just please let me be able to take my wife for a cup of coffee. Please. It's been six months. You're asking her for money. Dad, mom, please. It's petrol to get to work. Pride. Pride. Get out. Pride. Get out of Lloyd. It's not going to be there for his calling. (laughs) Might work in a career. Plenty proud, successful people. It's not going to work in your calling. And God shapes that out of us. He molds that out of us. And sometimes, sometimes it's as a result of this career that we're in. Just trust him, friends. Trust him. God knows when that breakthrough is coming. God knows when that deliverance is coming. God knows what he's producing in you. It's an eternal weight of glory. Can you say amen to that? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I close with, with the heavy scripture? Just one heavy script. Some of, some of the other ones might have been heavy. Uh, one more heavy scripture. Just to, just to, just to um, illustrate an extreme version of this perspective, Right? I just want to give you an extreme version of this, of this, this point that we've been talking about where, where our career should result in success, but our calling should result in sacrifice. First Peter, same guy that wrote the second Peter, obviously. Same Simon Peter who had the crazy call. So what he says, this is in the Bible. Slaves, be subject to your masters with all reverence, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are perverse. For this finds God's favor. If because of conscience toward God, someone endures hardship in suffering unjustly, for what credit is it uh, if you sin and are mistreated and endure it? But if you do good and suffer and so endure, this finds favor with God. For to this you were called, since Christ also suffered for you. (laughs) Woo leaving an example for you to follow in his steps. How's that for a perspective? Would you be able to glorify God in a season of slavery? I 
I didn't, I didn't want to share that scripture because, you know, you might read something of the 21st century culture into the, into the text. That's not, the, that's not the, the idea. We want to read the text into our culture, right? We obviously understand that there's a lot of different cultural contexts that are happening there. So just please understand that in which the this, this scripture was written. But the principle from that that we can apply is don't neglect the power of sacrificing, suffering, friends, for the one who suffered for you. Your career might change, but your calling to eternity with God doesn't. Please don't forget, while you're successful in the one, to accept the power of sacrificing in the other. Jesus is worthy. Amen. Could you stand with me, church, as we close in a word of prayer together? Thank you so much, Rob. Are we all still okay? Are we going to ask Mac for a shot of brandy with our coffee when we, when we leave here this morning, or is it just me? Um, I, felt, I felt this, this weight on my heart the whole week in preparing for this, and I, I was very grateful that worship kind of made the ground ready for that. So thanks to the team again. I know you guys are all over the place, but that was really um, confirmed a lot of stuff for me. And... Um, my hope is that we have some confidence after this morning to know that we are called by God to be someone specific and to build something spiritual. That's it. That's what we said is the goal of this series. We want to recognize, have confidence, that we are called by God to be someone specific. There's no other version of you walking around that you are the only one and to build something spiritual. It's in His name. And there's such joy in discovering what that looks like for you. And we should approach this topic with confidence, excitement. Because when you pursue your, 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 your calling, your career inevitably follows you. That's one of, the, that's one of the divine promises. When you are who you're meant to be, what you do becomes clear. And so I want to just take a moment and, and just pray into that conversation for us this morning, friends. Would you mind just closing your eyes and bowing your heads with me as we do that? Perhaps... You know, you, you're, you're here this morning and you are being prompted by God to recognize the opportunities that you have in front of you. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to take a step of faith into one of them. We should remember that we are blessed with opportunities and we should, we should take that step of faith. Trust God and do it. Go for it. Work at it with all your heart as if you're working for Him. Or maybe you're in a place this morning where you're in an environment that is not conducive to you right now. God might be calling you to make a change. I want you to know God loves you. He's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. The pressure's off. Don't worry over the career path you choose as much as He worries about you. He, 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 he cares infinitely more about you. Rest in your decision making. Or perhaps you're here this morning and, and you're feeling the call to invest something into someone else. Allowing God to just prompt you and place those opportunities before you to lead someone else in a mentorship kind of relationship. I want to just take a moment and pray into those things. Father, thank you so much for your peace that transcends all understanding. God, you know our beginning, our end, every moment in between. And as your chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we place our confidence firmly in you. Father, make us who you want us to be. Thank you that you will provide we can rest in your ability, God. You are an exceptional father. And so whatever that decision-making 
Whatever those decision-making options are, we pray for spiritual wisdom for every person who's going to make one of those decisions, Father. Whether they're in this room or they're online, and whether that's now or in a future season, we just pray for spiritual wisdom. Holy Spirit, make it become so clear. Settle those doubts. Let us rest and, and, and acknowledge that it's about who we are before it is about what we do. And then when that opportunity comes, Father, give us the courage, give us the confidence, give us the faith to work at it with all our hearts for your glory. Jesus, teach us the power of sacrificing for our calling because you are so worth it. You showed us how much we mean to you, Jesus, by giving your life that we could be free. We are willing to sacrifice whatever it is to give that glory back to you. We thank you for your peace over this week and your blessing over us now as we go. And all of these things we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And Father's House Church said, Amen. Amen. Church, for the last time, would you mind giving God a shout of praise and worship and thanksgiving this morning? I really hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, let's, let's pray for, for tonight. Let's pray for tonight's game. I'll pray for your pastor. He'll be running up and down the lounge, stressing. Uh, but if you'd like some uh, further conversational prayer, you're welcome to join us up front. Otherwise, coffee at the coffee shop. God bless. Have a great week, everyone. Cheers.